This is the Sideline Dissonant Podcast coming to you from YouTube and iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at the Brad Whitaker. I am the Brad Whitaker. All Patriots today. And as you can see, if you're watching on the video end, I have no shame over it. Talking nothing but the New England Patriots on today's podcast. And I think it's going to be a good one. Or not, because I'm a biased New England Patriots fan. We shall see. But uh, my first question that I am posing, and as someone that's been watching this team religiously since uh, 2000, since Drew Bledsoe is getting sacked every other play, uh, I think it's highly likely that right now the New England Patriots are finally peaking as an organization. Now, you could argue that they're, they had a better team back in 2007 when they nearly went undefeated until they uh, lost the New York Giants. Uh, you could argue that was a better team. Uh, there's a lot of... I think the offensive line was probably the best when Brady first uh, won his first couple of Super Bowls. Uh, but obviously this this year's O-line is up there for one of the best offensive lines the Patriots have ever ever had. It could be the best they've ever had in franchise history. Um, Brady gets a lot of protection now, and that's important in today's NFL, having a good offensive line, because there just aren't that many great O-line players. Uh, but let me let me tell you about the Patriots. Uh, if you've never heard of them, they're a pretty good football team. Uh, there's a lot of talk around the media that at some point within the next few years, uh, the Brady... Belichick era has to come to an end. Tom Brady, he'll be turning 40 years old this offseason. Bill Belichick, he'll be turning 65, which is retirement age. Uh, now, I understand that typically when quarterbacks hit 40 years old, it's usually around 38. Brady's past that now. They seem to hit a wall and drop off a cliff. Here's why I don't think that's the case with Tom Brady. And here's why I think Bill Belichick is fine coaching for perhaps another 10 years. I've said on the podcast that I think Brady is capable of playing till he's 50. Perhaps that's an exaggeration, but I don't... I think five years is conservative. I really do. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit later in the podcast about trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, that's going to be a difficult decision for Bill Belichick this offseason. So, uh, yeah... Bill Belichick does not stress out about the wide receiver and the running back position. I think this is the number two reason. I'll give you my number one in just a minute, but that's the number two reason Bill Belichick is such a good head coach. Because he understands what to prioritize in terms of personnel. He never drafts, he almost always drafts a defensive player in the first round. Or the second round. Because that's important. Getting a young Athletic, defensive, typically a linebacker or a defensive back, sometimes a defensive lineman. That's what you can only find every once in a while, and you typically can find that in the NFL draft. But he understands, let me list New England's running backs. Belichick has never cared about their running back position, except for the one time they paid a little to bring bring in Corey Dillon at the end of his career. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt their primary power back. He walked out on the Pittsburgh Steelers because he was upset he wasn't getting enough playing time. 
We all thought LeGarrette Blunt was done. Patriots sign him. Look what he's continued to do. Now, I understand uh, he was already with the Patriots the year before, so they simply had to reinstall him into the system. But still, we all thought LeGarrette Blunt was done. Deion Lewis. Patriots have never lost a game with Deion Lewis at running back. Cut by the Cleveland Browns. Cut by the Indianapolis Colts. And finally, the third back, who's perhaps the most underrated, James White. People forget, James White, Patriots' third best running back, he was drafted in the fourth round. He's only 24 years old. I think he turns 25 in like two days, but he's still very young and has a chance to really become the next Deion Lewis, I guess, for the Patriots. Or who knows? James White uh, is an excellent receiving back as well. Then you look at the Patriots receivers. Julian Edelman, seventh round pick. He wasn't even... He wasn't even entering the NFL. I mean, he entered as a wide receiver, but he played quarterback in high school and and in college at Kent State. Chris Hogan, single most yards in a postseason game for the New England Patriots. He set the record uh, two weeks ago against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was cut by the Buffalo Bills last year. He's a lacrosse guy. He's not even a football guy. Malcolm Mitchell. Who's Malcolm Mitchell? Well, the Patriots found him in the fourth round. And some of Tom Brady's best throws this season have all been to Malcolm Mitchell. I think there's a reason for that. I love Michael Lombardi. Uh, He used to be at Fox Sports. Now he's moved over to The Ringer, which is Bill Simmons' uh, network or online website, his blog. uh, And he does some podcasting and all that. Uh, Lombardi wrote an interesting story today about the Patriots and why they're successful. He used to be an assistant to Bill Belichick. He understands the culture over there in New England, the philosophy. He wrote a great article today, which you should check out. But just a brief quote about Bill Belichick. He said, Belichick doesn't take away what the opponent does best, but what their individual players do best. So, you know, we always talked, they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers because Bill Belichick took away Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. No, he took out what both of those players did best. He made sure that Le'Veon Bell wouldn't have the time to be patient to find his holes in the line. And he's very good. The Patriots have some very underrated defensive backs. Logan Ryan, very young. Malcolm Butler. And then they got Devin McCourty back there. They can take a great receiver out of the game. I'm not worried about Julio Jones as much as most most are in the media of him having a great game in the Super Bowl. If you look at Julio Jones, he doesn't have great games because he makes a lot of catches. In fact... Uh, I think I got this from the Lombardi article, I'm not sure, uh, but he, uh, Julio Jones, when he had the most catches in a single game this season, Falcons actually lost that game. What makes Julio Jones tremendous is he makes a lot of big plays. When he does catch the ball, he either catches it for a short gain and then runs to the end zone because he can outrun most defensive backs, uh... Or he's just hit downfield in stride. He has Matt Ryan. He's a good quarterback, a great balanced offense. So I'm sure Belichick has a strong game plan in keeping his defensive backs back and not allowing Matt Ryan to throw the ball over their heads. And they also have some fast... uh, I think Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler are both very quick. I'm not sure if they can gun down Julio Jones in a sprint, but maybe, maybe they can cover him. So we'll see. That'll be interesting to see how Belichick matches up in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, But I think 
the Patriots are just now peaking as an organization. I really do because there's, I think Bill Belichick, I think Tom Brady right now is perfecting his craft. As he gets older, he gets more mobile as a quarterback. That just doesn't happen. He doesn't have to depend on his athleticism like most quarterbacks do. I mean, Brett Favre will tell you it's your legs that go first. It's not your arm, but I'm sure he could still sling it if he wanted to. Faster than just about any human being on the planet. It's your legs that go. Brady isn't as dependent on his legs. And uh, that's part of the re He understands nutrition, or at least he seems to. He surrounds himself with smart people, smart trainers. He never takes a day off. I think Brady's capable of at least playing another five years effectively in the NFL because I think he's just now perfecting his craft. Now, I don't want to say Bill Belichick is perfecting his craft. I think the organization as a whole is more buttoned up than it's ever been right now. The scouting department, Bill Belichick, he knows how to bring in the right players that fit the Patriots' culture and philosophy. And culture's important. We throw that word around there like it means nothing. It's very important, especially in a sports team. I mean, if you go back and you look at your high school programs, it's all about culture, which is... Uh, it's usually the coach that sets the example for the culture of an organization. Rex Ryan has a different culture, or had a different culture in Buffalo than Bill Belichick does in New England. And I think the Patriots are very smart. They don't get paralyzed by scout combine scores or just how athletic certain players are. They don't have, they, I don't, their receivers barely ever make the Pro Bowl. Last all-pro that receiver they have was Randy Moss, right? Patriots find these guys because they look at players that are able to look at themselves objectively, put the team first. There's a sign on the Patriots locker room that says mental toughness is doing what's best for the team, even if it's not necessarily best for yourself. I'm paraphrasing, but it says something like that. They don't even need to have that sign up anymore. Belichick has brought in the right staff, the right players. He has Tom Brady, uh, who's a great mentor for every player on the team. They're productive, they they put in the hours, and they look at themselves objectively. They, they're not afraid to make themselves comfortable, uncomfortable day in and day out. And if you look at the best businesses in the world, they have similar cultures to that. We'll see how long Silicon Valley lasts with the, the lovey-dovey feelings that th- these organizations are run under, these startups. It's typically the more buttoned-up organizations that succeed. That's what happens. And Bill Belichick has created this culture in New England. Tom Brady is perfecting his craft. He's getting older, but he isn't as dependent on his athleticism as other great quarterbacks were. I just think this team is peaking at the right time. I think the coaches, there's a reason Josh McDaniels didn't choose to leave and become the head coach of another organization. First of all, none of the good head coaching openings had great quarterbacks, and I think he might be waiting on that. But Josh McDaniels understands the culture and the philosophy. So does Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator for the Patriots. He understands it as well. Uh, Skarnecchia, the O-line coach the Patriots brought back this season. He's a big reason why the O-line is playing as efficiently as they are. I mean, they've been healthier, certainly. The Patriots have a young old line that they're slowly building up. That's going to help protect Brady and keep him less injury-prone in the final years of his career. I think this team is really peaking at the right time. And by peaking, I mean 
They can make the Super Bowl again next year. They can make it the year after. They're going to keep making the AFC title game. And as you saw uh, at Media Day, Bill Belichick said he didn't, he doesn't even think of it as work. And that's, that's the key there. I mean, he doesn't, football is his passion. And I know that sounds cliche, but he doesn't want to retire anytime soon. And the same thing is happening with Tom Brady. And if you surround yourself with management that has this same sort of philosophy and players that don't create distractions and look at things objectively, look at their own weaknesses, figure out how to plug those holes in the next week so they don't make the same mistakes they made the previous week. Patriots fix a lot of the mistakes they made against the Houston Texans against Pittsburgh. And you know that even though they beat the Steelers overwhelmingly in the AFC title game, they're going to spend most of the time watching the film from that game of their mistakes so they can fix that in the Super Bowl. Not every team does this. I know it sounds crazy. I mean, they do it to an extent, but there's a difference between working hard and working effectively, and the Patriots work very effectively. They've created that culture, and I think it's going to continue for at least another few seasons uh, and because of that, I think it's probably wise. I think Brady can make it another five years. I really do. I know it sounds crazy. Most don't believe it. But because of that, I think New England should trade away Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'll get to that in a minute. So what to do with Jimmy Garoppolo? Wouldn't it be crazy if on Sunday Garoppolo, Brady got hurt and Garoppolo had to go in and he won the Super Bowl? First of all, I I think Bill Belichick would love for that to happen because that's only going to help Jimmy G's trade value this offseason. Now, I don't think the Patriots, first of all, they are, as I mentioned in the last segment, they are so buttoned up, they probably haven't even thought about what to do with Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason. I'm sure Robert Kraft has thought about it, but that's about it. They're focusing on this Sunday against the Falcons. I know, I know that sounds cliche, but uh, they probably haven't even thought of it. But and, and they're probably going to be very hesitant this offseason to trade away Jimmy Garoppolo. But the nice thing is the Patriots don't have to try, even if they really want to do it. They can just sit back and wait for the phone calls. And as we found out today in a report, uh, it sounds like the Cleveland Browns are heavily interested in trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. And as we've known with the Cleveland Browns and their their quarterbacks over the last two decades, they just have nothing. But they have a head coach who is a quarterback's coach, Hugh Jackson, and you get the right guy there, it could work out. Now, the obvious question is, uh, the Browns have the first pick in the draft. Do you spend that pick on a guy like Deshaun Watson? Now, everyone in the draft every year looks for prototypes. Uh, it's hard to decide if there really is a prototype for Deshaun Watson. Uh, the thing I like about Watson is he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, uh, and you need that. I, 
I think he's a lot like Dak Prescott in a way, because Prescott certainly doesn't have an impressive arm, but he's great at those short throws. Uh, he, he works well with a strong offensive line, and uh, I think Deshaun Watson, half of the NFL is making sure you don't make those mistakes. So I think Deshaun Watson could be a successful NFL quarterback in the same way that Alex Smith is a successful NFL quarterback, but uh, he could be better than that. He could be more like Dak Prescott was, and suddenly the Browns have a great quarterback, but also they need a good offensive line. They have one great lineman, and that's about it. So Cleveland, he's a, uh, was Thomas, he's an incredible offensive lineman, but... Uh, they need to keep building up that old line or else they're just going to be wasting wasting that pick if they select Deshaun Watson. Uh, but it's important to have a great quarterback. I mean, you look at the head coach openings, the Rams, the Niners, the Bills. Chargers have a good quarterback but not a good old line. Uh, but it's mostly teams that really haven't figured out their quarterback situation yet. And I don't think the Bills have really made Tyrod Taylor their permanent quarterback. Um, so it... It's really important. I, I've always I've said this on the podcast that you need a great head coach, you need a good old line, you need a good quarterback, and you need a competent defense. And then they're at least a 500 team in the NFL. You need and you need a, a good relationship between coaches and management and ownership. Obviously, that's important. Uh, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the real deal, and I think there really isn't that many great quarterbacks coming in then in this draft and Deshaun Watson is just a gamble we don't know at this point and you want someone that's well polished it doesn't matter who you're bringing in I mean look I believe Dak Prescott should have been a part of the MVP conversation but I don't think he should have been the MVP he's still I mean he in a lot of ways he's a byproduct of a great offensive line and some good receivers and an excellent head coach but uh and, of course, Ezekiel Elliott's also out there. But, you know, it, it, you have to have the pieces around him, and you can't just throw a rookie quarterback behind a shitty offensive line and expect things to work out. Cleveland has a lot to fix in the offseason, and bringing in a veteran like Garoppolo is a good idea, even if it costs you that first overall pick and a future first-round pick and maybe a defensive player. Now, I... A lot of people said one first-round pick is too much for Jimmy Garoppolo. What are you talking about? Quarterback is almost everything to an organization. Having a great quarterback means a lot. And I know Jimmy Garoppolo only played six quarters this season, but that's all you need sometimes in the NFL. You still have this college tape from when he was at Eastern Illinois, and then he's been in Bill Belichick's system learning from the greatest quarterback of all time for three years. You know, I mean, it hasn't worked out. T- typically, or almost always, Patriot Tom Brady's backups when they've gone to other teams, Matt Castle, Ryan Mallett, Brian Hoyer, they typically don't work out. But just Garoppolo is different. Bill Belichick had an interview in the middle of the season, and he said, if you're watching the tape from practice and you remove the quarterback and just see where the ball is going, you can't tell whether it's Jimmy G or Tom Brady out there. Maybe he was trying to send a message to Brady or uh, increase Garoppolo's trade value, but I think he's right. I think he's being honest. Here's Garoppolo's stats from 2016. He has a 68% completions percentage, a 123.5 passer rating. Remember, this is only six quarters. 
502 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Against week two in my against Miami, week two against Miami at home, he got hurt with a few minutes left in the second quarter, I believe, or a few seconds left. He didn't even make it to halftime. He had 232 yards, three touchdowns, and there was still time left in the second quarter. Watch the film from that game. I mean, he surprised everyone, Jimmy Garoppolo did, when he went into Arizona in that tough environment and won in week one and made the throws he needed to and didn't have any interceptions. But watch the tape from week two against Miami when he went back to New England. That's the quarterback he won. He's NFL ready right now. Install him into any system beside a competent offensive line. He's going to do great things. I really believe that about Jimmy Garoppolo. And look, the Patriots don't have to trade him. He has one year left on his contract. I think Brady signed through 2019, but they could franchise tag him the year after. And it makes sense in today's NFL to have a good backup. It really does. I mean, I I don't think the Cowboys are going to hold on to Tony Romo, but offensive lines are so weak now that players get hurt in week two, week three of the season all the time. Quarterbacks do. So it does make sense to have a decent backup sometimes. So I think the Patriots can sit back, wait for the phone calls to come. They might ask for two first-rounders and a defensive backer, defensive lineman. They need a pass rush, maybe a linebacker. Who knows? Who knows what Belichick's going to ask for? But this idea that one first-round draft pick, even if it's the first overall pick, is too much to spend on a quarterback? Look at the teams that made the playoffs this season in the NFL. All great quarterbacks, except from Alex Smith, who's competent. He's competent. He doesn't make many mistakes. I'd still take Alex Smith. I mean, I would trust Alex Smith over Deshaun Watson at least next year or the year after. It's going to take time. And unless you're installing him behind a Cowboys offensive line with Ezekiel Elliott behind you, it's gonna there's going to be a tremendous learning curve. And, you know, the Rams are figuring this out right now with Jared Goff. Eagles, everyone was raving about Carson Wentz the first four weeks of the season. What happened there? Turns out there's a tremendous learning curve there as well. So uh, it'll be fascinating. I think the Patriots, they can uh, sit back, wait for the phone calls to come in. Jimmy Garoppolo, though, he, uh, I think he's the real deal. And I don't just mean that because I think the Patriots could improve their defense and beef up their own line. I think they're going to get rid of Nate Solder soon. I really do. I think that's... Belichick's next surprising cut. They love trading players to the uh, the Browns. Bill Belichick obviously used to coach in Cleveland, uh, but who knows? I, I he traded Jamie Collins uh, early in the season because Collins wasn't really focused. He wasn't. He really didn't fit into the Patriots culture. Tremendous athletic player, but now he went to Cleveland. Patriots have a good relationship with the Browns. Bill Belichick certainly does, and uh, a lot of the same staff is there too so I think Belichick in all likelihood Cleveland is going to be willing to offer the most because they understand how important having a great quarterback is because they haven't had one for 20 years so that's it for today's podcast I'll be back for one more this week before the Super Bowl tomorrow until then I bid you adieu